Hello, everybody, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. I am Michael Katz, Ole Miss beat writer for the Daily Journal, and I'm here with commercial dispatch sports editor Theo DeRosa, who covers Mississippi State for the Dispatch and the Daily Journal. Theo, it's finally game week. Are you happy we're here, or would you like a couple more weeks like me? Absolutely. I'm happy. I think last week I was like, hey, what's going on? Can we get to the games already? And maybe I'll regret that in five to six weeks. But right now, I think I'm rearing to go. I think Mississippi State is and I'm sure Ole Miss is as well. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, today was the first, you know, game week sort of press conferences. And that's always a mixed bag. Uh, we at Ole Miss did not learn much today. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I was expecting a starting quarterback to get named. I don't think I am expecting one to get named. I think it's just going to be who happens to run on the field on Saturday. That's how I think it's going to ultimately end up happening. Uh, But I guess the news over here today was that uh, Lane Kiffin said he has not made a decision yet. We talked to both of them today, which was kind of awkward. It's like, hey, guys, like, so like, what's (laughs) what's going on? Uh, But, you know, they handled it well. but yeah, we uh, we didn't get a depth chart either. We are under the impression that is coming sometime later, but it was not in the game notes, which was a little bit mysterious. Uh, it's that time of year where you know there's there's smoke screens and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I, I, I Link even said he, he he wasn't sure what the timeline would be on on, an act, on announcing a quarterback. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be an announcement. Like I said, I think it's just uh, someone's going to happen to be on the field for this first snap, and that's how we're all going to find out. But uh, I believe you guys got a depth chart over at State today, correct? We did, and uh, unlike last year, you kind of it wasn't listed as or in as many positions. There's still looks like three or four or five ors in the starting offense, but not at quarterback, which is nice. Will Rogers is going to start. We kind of knew that pretty much all season, all off season. He's earned it. He's a junior now. He had a really productive sophomore season, and there was kind of no surprise that he's going to be the guy at quarterback. So Will Rogers starting for Mississippi State, a little bit of a surprise with Jaden Wally, who was their second leading receiver last year. He's actually not listed as a starter. Rufus Harvey from Starkville High School, he's got that starting spot right now at the Y position with Wally and Christian Ford behind him, listed as co-starters there, co-second team, I should say. But the depth chart hasn't really, it's not like Leach has really relied on that, stuck right to it, especially at the skill positions at wide receiver, at running back. They really switched these guys around. So I wouldn't put too much stock in it on offense right now for State. I was going to say, any any sorts of, uh, other than Wally, any sorts of surprises on there? Any guys that you thought would be in places where they didn't end up? A little bit. It's kind of strange to see Simeon Price, who's a redshirt freshman who missed all of last year with an injury, listed as or with both Dylan Johnson and Woody Marks at running back. You kind of thought, you know, Marks and Johnson are the top two guys. However, Leach listed J.J. Jernigan, who was like a walk-on at one time, uh, like redshirt senior last year as co-starter. So I don't really put too much stock in that. Uh, offensive lineman, it was kind of surprising to see Cole Smith at right guard with Albert Reese behind him. It looked like it might be Reese at right guard and Cameron Jones at right tackle. Cam Jones is playing right tackle, but uh, Reese is listed as the backup at right guard and right tackle. Leach did say today that all three of those guys are going to play, and Reese and Jones will both play significantly. They usually take about three guys on each side of the line, not counting center. On the left side, that'll probably be Dollar Bill Johnson, Percy Lewis, and left guard Nick Jones. 
uh, I just received a Twitter notification that uh, Texas will not be providing depth charts at all this season. So this doesn't follow. I was going to say every time you think it, it can't get worse, it always does. So, you know, at least, uh, wow, that's, that's, that's quite the plan. Uh, wow. That's, that's something. Uh, so uh, just kind of, uh, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, but I'm not sure what you guys, did you guys get access today to practice at all? No, we haven't had any access since August 20th scrimmage. So kind of been closed for the last couple of weeks. Okay. I guess, what are you kind of expecting to see on Saturday in terms of, of energy from the, from, uh, from the team, from the fans, what's kind of the feeling around this program right now? Is, is it, I imagine there's a pretty good amount of excitement. I think so. I think you just look at the defensive depth chart and you can see why there's so much excitement. You've got what three graduates looks like redshirt senior, a fifth year, another redshirt senior, there's one, uh, two juniors starting at quarterback, and everybody else has more experience than that. Just having that much experience back on defense, having Rodgers back, having most of the offensive skill guys, having most of the O-line, but not Charles Cross, of course. I think that does give a lot of optimism for this program. And I think, you know, the schedule is really tough, but they have a way to succeed, definitely. And just they were pretty solid last year, especially toward the end. If they can just build on that, even in, in the face of a schedule that is really tough, I think they'll have a pretty solid season. Just a reminder that you can follow our coverage at D Journal Sports on Twitter or on our Facebook page. You go to the Daily Journal's main Facebook page and you can find the Ole Miss group and the Mississippi State group. Um, you know, we, we uh, <laughs> the, the fun thing about playing, Ole Miss is playing Troy this week with the brand new coach, brand new coaching staff and, uh, Link Kiffin brought up some of the interesting things that I guess we don't probably think about in terms of the difficulty with trying to scout a team like that, as in there's nothing to scout yet. Um, he, he brought up a really good point that you you try to watch uh, tape from, you know, where guys were before, and then you start looking at those players, and then you're like, wait, none of those players are actually even going to be playing in this game. And then it just kind of becomes like this whole ordeal, and you kind of get stuck. Um, you know, do, do I think Troy is, is going to provide a, a great challenge? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I think they've got some good players, but I think, I think talent ultimately usually wins uh, games like this. I think this is the more talented team, but uh, it's really interesting. Lane, Lane came in today and they had a, like a mock game uh, over the weekend that was closed and he, uh, he didn't sound very happy with it. Uh, it was like uh, you know, all three phases didn't do well. They didn't understand like, you know, that you're supposed to be excited for these sorts of things. And, like you're supposed to pretend like it's a game environment. And I know you can't really do that, but you still got to at least like, you know, kind of get the intensity up and it just wasn't there. And um, I, I do think part of that is playing the game in terms of you, you don't want to get your guys too high or too low and you don't want to, give the fan base an expectation that's too high or too low and you just kind of want to show them the product on the field. But uh, it, it's really, uh, it's really interesting if, you know, last year was obviously my first year and, and there was, uh, there was, there was, I think that team knew it was going to be really good. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody saw them going 10 and three or, you know, going to the sugar bowl or whatever, but there was a lot of confidence and not that this team isn't confident, but, I just think that there's like so many question marks, not just with them, but 
like when you can't even scout your opponent, like, man, like, what are you, what are you supposed to do at that point? Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a really fascinating first few weeks. Lane Kiffin did say though, cause I asked him when you do pick your quarterback, are you going to switch him off or is it going to be one guy? And he said, it's probably going to be one guy. And then he, then, but that could change. And, I, and then he said, you know, nothing's ever set in stone, blah, 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 blah. So he's uh, going with the Michigan model. Oh my gosh. That's uh that's certainly a model. Uh, that's yikes. That's, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, if we're looking historically, you know, I'm a USC guy. I have seen him use guys and then go to other guys. You know, the year uh, after me, Max Wittick. I don't, I don't think anybody remembers Max Wittick, and there's a reason. Uh, he was the starting quarterback for the first game, and then uh, he ended up getting benched for Cody Kessler um, at, uh, at Alabama. When they played USC, Jalen Hurts did not start that first game. He came in a little bit later and then ended up taking over. So obviously every situation is a, a little bit different, but just with with these guys and sort of what they bring to the table, it's not like, you know, I think Parrish, we talked about it last week where like if you had a John Rice Plumley, you can put him in for certain packages. Like I don't know if there's like a Luke Altmeyer package or like a Jackson Dart package. I think like they're like, I mean, they're obviously not the same, but they do a lot of the same sorts of things. And I don't know if you're going to, you know, really see both of them. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I've, I've, I've been on, you know, that it's going to be Jackson Dart uh, for a while. And I think a lot of people have been, everybody on Twitter seems to already know they've already told me it's a done deal. Uh, Twitter's never been wrong before. So um, that's Crazy. good. They have all these inside sources that we just don't have. I know. I know. It's I I guess I, I need to stop going to press conferences and just go online. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because you I know there's a lot of question marks in terms of the defense and, and all these different pieces, but they really like the pieces that are there. You know, they're they're new guys, but they're guys that have been really good. Uh, but man, quarterback makes the whole thing go. And. Uh, Matt Corral was, uh, you know, I think, I don't, I don't think people took him for granted, but I think they're going to realize this year, like, my guy did some pretty special things. I, I guess from, from your perspective, what, what are your question marks with Mississippi State? You don't have the quarterback thing, which is nice, because that's like, that's all anybody wants to talk about here. What, what's kind of the, what's, what's the big storyline in terms of unknowns for State? I think it's how the OL will hold up. They did lose. Scott Lashley, who had some very inconsistent games. He was pretty terrible against Alabama, to be honest. Alabama, Will Anderson. Just Most terrible. people were very bad against Will Anderson. Exactly. And uh, Charles Cross, of course, has been really good in the preseason with the Seahawks. He did give up a sack to, or something to Sam Williams, I saw. But beside that, Cross has been nearly unimpeachable, and he was really solid at left tackle. They have Dollar Bill Johnson moving from right guard to left tackle. And so far, that's actually gone pretty well from what I've heard. Leach has talked up Dollar Bill quite a bit and kind of, you know, said he's adjusted well to the position. At right tackle, Cameron Jones is another guy who had more guard experience, and it's going to be interesting to see how he translates to tackle. Rodgers had pretty good protection last year, but if it takes a step back, I think that's really going to be bad for an offense, you know, trying to get the ball out quickly and get these plays off before pressure comes. 
However, they still are pretty designed well to avoid some of that pass rush pressure. And I think the secondary as well will be a storyline. You lost Martin Emerson. DeCameron Richardson should be solid, but he's not Emerson, NFL-wise at least. Uh, and they were giving up a lot of big plays last year. If these new guys in the secondary, like DeCam, Richardson, Jackie Matthews from West Virginia, it's going to be up to them to kind of stop that, stem that tide and kind of get that secondary solid. If they can get that short up, if the receivers are where they need to be, which Leach called them average today, so that was probably not great. But he's been pretty consistent in saying Rara Thomas was average, now the entire receiving core is average. If they can take that step for Rodgers and if the secondary can hold up, yeah, you're looking at a really good team across the board. Just kind of looking at the schedule, you know, obviously it's Memphis and then Arizona and then LSU. It's, I mean, it, it, I, I know Memphis was was pretty solid last year. I imagine they're probably going to be, you know, decent again. I mean, they don't really have a lot of time state to, to kind of find their footing. It's kind of, they, they got to go pretty fast. I think so. Memphis is not a bad team by any means you know, an average to good American team. That's not bad at all. Arizona's not great, but again, night game out in the desert, Pac-12, you never know what can Pac-12 happen. Pac-12 things get weird. I think 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock local start out there. You never know what's going to happen there. LSU, I have State winning that game, but it would not shock me at all if they lost. I know it's early in the year and it's a new coach out there in Death Valley, but it's still Death Valley. It's still LSU. And LSU came into Starkville last year and won. So I would not be surprised to see them lose that game. You get a little bit of a respite with Bowling Green. But then the October schedule is just so hard. A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama. So that's just a gauntlet. And I think you're right. It's gonna They're going to be tested early. And it, if you can you know, be 3-1, and 4-0 in those first four games, that's going to give you a good shot at at least a winning season, if not you know, eight, nine wins. How much football did you watch over the weekend? Because I was a big sicko. I watched. I was up watching Hawaii and Vanderbilt. I, was... I watched about a quarter of that. I watched Nebraska versus Northwestern. I tried to watch Wyoming, Illinois, and actually put on UConn until UConn stopped going ahead. And then, um, God, that might have been it. I'm saving it all for this weekend, I guess, which will be nice. Mississippi State's a 6.30 kickoff, so got time to watch whatever is in the morning and uh, check it out and then get over to Davis Wade. I know. Ole Miss is at three, so that's a little different. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, 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 I. One of my favorite things is the Scott Frost discourse uh, after every absolutely gut wrenching loss that they seem to have, and boy, it was another one. They're five and twenty-one, I think, now in one-score games, and they were up eleven, and it was just this. It was, and I think we all saw it coming when the onside kick uh, didn't happen uh yeah it's it was just like one of those things where you know you look at like week zero and you're like are we really doing this why are they playing in ireland and then by the end you're just like this is i can't get enough i need i yeah i'm absolutely gonna watch uconn and utah state it's gonna be great it was not great uh the only game i actually did stop watching was wyoming and illinois uh i used to cover wyoming not a great uh not not I think they had 30 passing yards um not not a great situation over there and then I'm I'm fully convinced that either Hawaii is the worst team in the country or Vanderbilt's a wagon and they are going to a New Year's six game there's no in between it's possible there's Mike Wright is is Cam Newton reincarnated in terms of deal threats uh they're going to average 50 points a game 
Uh, this is not binding, so please do not hold me to this. Uh, now it was it was it was it was kind of nice to see Vanderbilt have some success at first. Uh, I think Hawaii jumped in front, and I was like, "Oh no, this is this is going to be really bad." Uh, well, this is Ole Miss's year to play Vanderbilt, isn't it? It is. It's it's in. A, they played them pretty close last year, actually. Um, that was a that was a that was a pretty ugly game. That was the game uh, right before. Was it right before state? Um, when he said something to the effect, Matt Corral said something to the effect of, if we play like this against State, we're going to get our asses kicked. Um, and he was probably right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, Vanderbilt, they play Nashville this year. That's going to be a fun trip. I, I, I enjoy Nashville. It's a nice place. But it feels good to have college football back. I mean, it, you know, there wasn't much of a summer with uh, Ole Miss having, you know, manifest destiny in baseball. Uh, been there, been there. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Seriously, it's quite the couple summers for for the Mississippi schools, but it's finally here. It's game week. You know, I have a depth chart for Troy. I don't have one for Ole Miss. LSU doesn't have a depth chart. Texas won't have a depth chart. It's just, uh, it's it's peak college football season when coaches are playing it all close to the vest. That's how you know we're here. And all the coronation of it all for me is Thursday when Pitt plays West Virginia with two former USC quarterbacks starting. That is heaven on earth for me. Keaton Slovis at Pittsburgh and JT Daniels, who I covered when he was in seventh grade in Irvine, California for his, he was the Pee Wee Super Bowl champion. Um, And now he's uh, playing in the backyard brawl. I'm just, uh, uh, it's, it's so exciting. It's, it's the best time of year. Everybody still has hope. I can't wait to see my own alma mater's hope to crush when that same night at that same time, Mizzou loses to Louisiana Tech. So we'll see how that goes, but I would not be shocked. Are you not super high on the Tigers this year? I think they'll go, you know, a nice six and six. Anybody who has higher expectations, they never seem to meet them. It would be great. Don't see it. Yeah, I've uh, I there was an ESPN article a couple weeks ago that was like why USC can make the playoff, and I was like, I'm not reading this. I'm not doing it because you know it's happening. No, yeah, I, yeah, no, they're gonna go eight and four at best. This is not a good offense. Is great defense is gonna give it 40 points a game. It's a perfect Pac-12 team. They better get it. All I ask is you get it together before you join the Big Ten. That's all I want. But exciting stuff. Uh, we'll have more on Thursday when uh, when Parrish joins the chat. And we know a little bit, hopefully, a little bit more about uh, our, t- our, our teams. Hopefully, uh, I'll have some sort of depth chart in front of me so I can go over that. But uh, until then, thank you guys for listening.